Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here today on Oilers Now. The Eskimos will take over the airwaves later, coming up at 530. The first kickoff show of the regular season. Dave Campbell, Morley Scott, and Blake Dermott bringing that one to you from Commonwealth. It's the Alouettes in town tonight. And we'll have uh, we'll have extensive coverage of that, of course. But uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, what we can expect to see out of the new-look Eskimos. And boy, is it ever the new-look Eskimos after all the off-season transactions. I can't remember a team overhauling through free agency quite the way that Brock Sunderland did to the Eskimos. And that goes for any sport. But it seems like it's working out so far. They added some serious pieces. They added a lot of all-stars. Let's bring aboard the voice of the team, the man who knows as much about them as anybody. It's Morley Scott. Morley, just talk to me right now about what is the vibe around the team uh, throughout uh, training camp? Oh, the vibe's really good, Brendan. Uh, I mean, there was so much change over the offseason. It was a, a season last year that finished in disappointment with the Eskimos finishing 9-9 nine and nine and out of the playoffs. And when you miss the playoffs, you make changes. And because of some other things involved, like free agency, the Eskimos made a lot of changes over this offseason. And we'll see all those uh, new faces and new players in the lineup tonight, or at least most of them in the lineup tonight as they play the Montreal Alouettes. But it is definitely exciting, that's for sure, because it's been a long time since we've seen a football game uh, that the Eskimos have been in at Commonwealth Stadium that means something. Of course, the final game of the regular season didn't count last year because the Eskimos were already eliminated from the uh, the playoffs. And the last game, of course, was the Great Cup game, which the Eskimos were not involved in. So it's going to be fun to see a game tonight that means something. So you mentioned the new acquisitions, of course, the most highly publicized being Trevor Harris, the new quarterback of the team. But they've added some pieces on the defensive side of the ball, uh, some pieces from Ottawa, maybe run down the list of some of the new faces that fans can expect to see tonight. Tonight. Well, the big changes, and let's start on the defensive side of the ball where most of the changes are. Uh, from one year ago today, when the Eskimos opened up the season in uh, Winnipeg, 
for last year, only four starters on defense remain. That's Money Hunter, who started that game at halfback, but will start tonight at safety, along with uh, Kwaku Boateng, Elmondo Sewell, and Mike Moore on the offensive line. That's it as far as the defense goes for returning starters from week one last year. Uh, the Eskimos made huge changes in their linebacking core and in their defensive backfield. Linebackers tonight, of course, will be uh, Larry Dean, who we'll see for the first time in an Eskimos uniform, the uh, Eastern Division's most outstanding defensive player last year, who had a wonderful year last year with 105 defensive tackles, then added 17 more in two playoff games for the Ticats, who will make his Eskimos debut. Uh, he was healthy all training camp, had a great camp. The Eskimos kept him out of both uh, preseason games because they just felt he didn't need to play and they wanted to look at some other guys. So he'll play at the middle linebacker spot tonight. Don Unemba, who did play one game for about uh, seven or eight minutes and was absolutely spectacular in the first preseason game. He had an interception on the first play from scrimmage. He had a knockdown. He had a defensive tackle. He had a tackle for a loss, and then he took a seat for the rest of the game, and we haven't seen him since. Uh, really excited to watch him play as well. He was an all-star last year, as was Dean. Uh, the other side of the linebacking core, we're going to see Javon Santos-Knox there eventually from Winnipeg, another all-star who the Eskimos signed in the offseason, but he's hurt, and he's not going to play. He's on the one-game injury list, and uh, that means that uh, Javon Diggs will get the start, uh, his first pro game. He had a pretty good preseason with six defensive tackles. Uh, in the two games that he played in. So he'll start in the uh, the linebacking court. In the in the defensive backfield, that's where they get a ton of changes. As I mentioned, only Money Hunter is the same as far as a starter goes. There were some guys with the team last year who start like uh, Forrest Hightower, who was hurt out of the gate last year, and Godfrey Onyeka, a draft pick from a couple of years ago. He played but didn't start. In fact, tonight will be his first start in the CFL. He'll be on the wide side corner. Anthony Orange, an all-star with the BC Lions last year, will play at the uh, short side corner and Josh Johnson had a tremendous training camp uh he's a uh, what a five-year vet in the Canadian Football League uh he will play he's been with uh BC Ottawa and Hamilton before joining the Eskimos he had a great camp and earned that other halfback spot so that's the changes on defense on offense the big changes at quarterback obviously Brendan where uh, Trevor Harris will get the start with Mike Rodley now gone to the BC Lions and the receiving court will have uh, new faces in it as well. Kenny Stafford and Natea Jay return, but the other names you'll see are uh, Tavon Smith, Greg Ellings, and Kevin Elliott, who came midway through the season last year and played in the final game of the year, will be there. Uh, Ricky Collins Jr. will also play tonight. Uh, Devaris Daniels starts the season on the one-game injury list. So an absolute ton of changes for the Eskimos. Uh, in all, 21 new faces on their roster this year. Chatting with the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos here on 630 Chat. It's Morley Scott. Now, Morley, when you rattle off all those names and you talk about all the changes, I'm curious throughout camp how the chemistry has been. Has Jason Moss said anything about that so far? He's talked a lot about it. It's been one of the main things he focused on this year. He did all sorts of things throughout training camp to build team chemistry, to build team unity, to help guys get to know each other. He put the team in different groups for, for individual competitions, not on the football field, but they played games. They were playing lawn darts. They were throwing washer rings. They were doing all sorts of interesting things throughout training camp in groups. And, and in those groups, he put new players. He put old players. He put defensive players. He put offensive players. He mixed the groups up so that everyone could get to know each other. And he liked how it worked so much that he's going to continue that into the regular season and make up groups. And they're going to have competitions all season long off the field to, to decide some sort of winner during the year. So uh, that's the one thing he's really focused on. And I think uh, it's worked out well so far. We won't see 
for sure how it works out until we get them on the field. But I, I really think this Eskimos team will be a team because of all the new players and guys coming in from different systems and learning new systems. I think it'll be a team that will get better as the season goes along. You got to start fast. You got to win your games early on. But I just think the Eskimos uh, will be focusing on on improving every week and trying to peak at the right time later on in the year. So Morley, watching them in the preseason, one thing that uh, is apparent is this is more of a timing system in the offense now. It was uh, Mike Riley uh, known for number one is mobility. He's kind of a gunslinger as well. Trevor Harris, a different style of quarterback. How have you seen the team adapting over the course of training camp to what appears to be, again, a more timing-based offensive system? Well, I talked to Trevor Harris yesterday, and we'll hear from him on the pregame show tonight, but we sign on uh, at 5.30. We'll hear from him talk about the fact that he's so much more comfortable now in this offense with these players than he was a week ago or two weeks ago when he played that first game right out of the gate. Uh, he was 8 for 12 in that game for 50 yards, but he did what he had to do. I think it's more up to the receivers to learn how to play with him and, and how to learn his style and the way he throws the football. And the one thing you said about him, it's a timing offense for sure. That's the one thing. If fans watch the game tonight, the one thing they will notice for sure is just how quickly he gets rid of the ball. He makes his progressions. He runs down you know, his first choice second choice third choice and uh, he could get to them quickly and he gets rid of the football very quickly that's why if you look back at the time he spent in ottawa guys like brad sinopoli and greg ellingson picked up a lot of yak yards because they got the ball quickly and then used their feet to, to turn uh, short passes into big gains and we'll see a lot of that throughout the season he doesn't he's not afraid to go deep and he will go deep especially with the speed that uh, tavon smith and kenny stafford have who will be the guys playing on the outside uh, tonight he will go deep to those guys. There's no doubt about it. But uh, the offense is predicated on that that quick strike and then getting some yards uh, after catch. All right, Morley, we appreciate the time today. Uh, have a great call down at the field tonight, and I look forward to being a part of that with you as the Eskimos kick off their 2019 regular season. It's going to be an interesting one. Change is afoot. It, uh, it's... It's no longer the Mike Riley era. I don't know how much more simply we can put that. It's Trevor Harris now. And he's been around the league a lot. He's been to a couple of great cups. He's won uh, one of them behind Henry Burris. Last year he played right here at Commonwealth and uh, and felt to uh, the Stampeders. It's... I'm excited. I am very interested in seeing uh, the the new look team, not only on offense and defense. We had the chance to, during the preseason, see some of the starters, and you heard Morley talk about Don Unamba. He's going to be a big role in the linebacking core. Uh, Anthony Orange is a cornerback. They had to improve their secondary, and kick returning is going to be another big one. That was kind of a focal point last year. It was certainly one of their weaknesses. Jordan Robinson looked absolutely electric when they hosted BC a couple of weeks ago. He has taken over, as it stands right now, main kick returning duties. So pay attention to that tonight. Again, that is a 5.30 kickoff show, 7 o'clock game time here on 6.30. Chad, I'll be your sideline man. Morley and Dave will have the call. 143 here in Edmonton. We'll press. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Pause, get some more of your texts on the River Cree, excuse me, on the Heartland Ford text line when we return on Oilers Now. Heart and Stroke Canada. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years now. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Keep those texts coming at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, I pose a question to you. What is your, uh, and it doesn't have to be limited to sports, although, of course, the nature of this show uh, is such. What What is your where were you when moment this texter uh, Jay out of Edmonton says on top of the Blue Jays winning the World Series and the Raptors winning the NBA championship I would also say Sidney Crosby's overtime goal in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics to win the gold medal that was uh, something that brought all of Canada together Uh, Another texter, this is out of Rocky Mountain House, says in 2002 when the men's gold medal game was going on. I was at a hockey tournament in Big Valley, Alberta. We were playing our game at the same time as the men's game. We stopped our game to listen to the final two minutes of that game and listen to Canada win gold. I also scored a hat trick and we won the tournament, a memory I won't forget. Honestly, is that not sports exemplified right there in one text message? That is just spectacular. That's a great story. Appreciate you sharing that texture out of our Rocky Mountain house. Uh, out Edmonton B says, Hey, Brendan, we're a sports family, and we have enjoyed many nights together like last night for major events. The Golden Goal, the Oilers playoff run in 2017, the World Cup final last year, and of course, last night's victory. All my kids have played sports and also enjoy watching them, so it makes it extra special for us as parents. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, a, I'm quite a few years away from having that feeling, but uh, I would imagine that most parents feel the exact same way. And that's that's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of, of the realist reality television show. You will not see an, uh, a more passionate, involved, uh, aware group of people than when something like that happens in the sporting world. And it's, it's pretty cool because, honestly, I can say this is the first time in my lifetime that a, not only is a Canadian team won, but one of the teams that I passionately cheer for won. So now I have that point of reference uh, on some level anyway for those who experienced what the Oilers did back in the 80s. I mean, what an electric. Everywhere you go, people are walking down the street and they're hollering and every pub in town. It's it's so layered when you have a team succeeding that way. It's it's absolutely special. We've also been talking about uh, who the Oilers are looking at uh, with the eighth overall pick. Ron from Lloyd Minster, Saskatchewan, says, I don't think Caulfield is the right pick for us at eight. I think Cousins and Krebs will be there, or Broberg. Uh, all three are ahead of Caulfield, in his opinion. 
Cousins would be my pick over Krebs and then Broberg. If they draft Broberg, then they deal for a D-man like Russell or deal a D-man like Russell Sekera for more experienced forward. Bring up the man from the Condors and you keep that D-pool stocked. Well, yeah, that's pretty well put, Ron. I mean, that's basically what they're weighing right now is Philip Broberg. Obviously, he's an addition on the back end of any team's prospect pool that they would be seriously looking at. However, given the Oilers' need up front... I don't believe that's the best fit unless Ken Holland knows he's going to be able to turn not necessarily Broberg around, but then you start looking. Maybe Ethan Bear becomes available, and that's the piece that you ship out to get something back that can contribute offensively up front. To me, that's where the biggest glaring need for this team is. So whether it's Zegris or Cousins or Caulfield or whoever ends up going at number eight, if the Oilers stay there and pick there, it, it they've got to be able to either, again, contribute offensively or turn into somebody who can contribute offensively. Andrew in Sudbury says, Brendan, take me off the ledge and tell me that the Nikita Zaitsev rumors are bogus. The Oilers can't possibly be that dumb, can they? Well, Elliot Friedman discussed that uh, a little earlier on in the show, and it doesn't sound like there's much fire where the smoke has been. Darren Dreger uh, tweeting that out yesterday morning. I did ask Holland about it, and uh, obviously there's tampering rules in place, but he, he just declined to comment simply. Yes, he's a right shot. Boy, is he ever getting paid a lot of money for a long time and if the focus right now is to alleviate uh, some cap space which they mentioned last night at the hot stove event they are wholeheartedly going to do then uh, I don't know why you would lock yourself in with Nikita Zaitsev Donovan Bailey in the 100 meter uh, winning the 100 meter gold in 1996 I texted a Hay Lakes Alberta out of Edmonton, the three-point shot from Leonard is right up there. I think that was the epic moment in sports this year with a runner-up to Tiger's surge and victory as well. Yeah, that... <laughs> boy, that just wrote itself, didn't it? You've got the player that everybody is so desperately dying for Toronto to have, and he's out there and contributing, and it comes down to they need somebody to hit that shot to send them onwards in the playoffs, and it's Kawhi Leonard, and ultimately it results in the championship. I think he stays. I think there was only one way that was ever going to happen where Kawhi Leonard was going to re-sign in Toronto, and that was if they won the championship this year. Well, guess what? They handled it so well. And as Bob mentioned in the first portion of this show, that kind of should have set somewhat of a precedent for how teams handle their stars going forward. Now, a texter sent in earlier that there's no way you could rest somebody like Connor McDavid as much as the Toronto Raptors rested Kawhi Leonard. The Oilers would be seriously out of a playoff spot, and there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. You don't. Connor McDavid probably wouldn't want that either, but he's not coming off a major injury. Still, I think uh, there's principles that you can take from what the Raptors did this year that uh, transfer right across sports. Texter in Edmonton, this is Steve. Uh, He says, that was my first time I watched a full basketball game. I never watched a regular season game in my life. It uh, It was a final, and I'm glad the championship is in Canada. It's a historical moment. I get the sense that there was a lot of people who might not have watched a basketball game before last week. But again, I say, is that not the beauty of sports? 
When I was a young buck, I used to really dislike bandwagon hoppers, but how can you not help being caught up in the atmosphere that was created around the city by a team based out of Toronto? Now, let's put in perspective how hyped this was when the Oilers made the playoffs and they went into the second round. I mean, this city was just as a buzz then. So if the Oilers are able to put together some sort of a historical run and get to a cup final, I know they're probably a couple years away from that, but the NHL is is anybody's game if you've got the right tools in place. I would love to see this city absolutely erupt the same way that it did in 2006 when that team got there. Interesting one here out of Red Deer says, Hey, Brendan, what do you think of Lucic and a third rounder for Bobby Ryan with Ottawa retaining $2 million of Ryan's contract? <laughs> well... Don't forget that Lucic has the no trade, the partial no movement clause. And I, if Ottawa is a destination he would be comfortable with, I, Bobby Ryan hasn't been tossed around as a name here before, but any way that they see fit to add him scoring, in all likelihood, is what's going to happen. So I don't see Calgary letting go of James Neal, but if there's a fit there, as many suggested in the last couple days, that would probably have to be a three-way deal. I don't know what the Oilers would do if Milan Lucic was patrolling Calgary's team rather than Edmonton's. Maybe they keep him. We'll find out a lot more in the next seven to ten days, by the way. That was another point that was emphasized last night. We'll start to see assistant coaches. We'll start to see uh, maybe some trade movement as the draft nears. That is next Friday, and we will have coverage on 6.30 chat of that. We're going to go now to this day in Oilers history and speaking of a time when the city was alive back in 2006 after opening the scoring 16 seconds into the game Fernando Pisani scores shorthanded in overtime as the Oilers beat the Hurricanes 4-3 in game 5 of the Stanley Cup final that did cut the Canes series lead to 3 games to 2. You go back and you look at the roster construction of that Edmonton Oilers team Got to have that elite D-man, right? How big was Chris Pronger there? You got to have the role players as well. And Fernando Pisani, uh, perhaps never more famous in his life than at that uh, in that series. Tonight on 6.30, Ched, not inside sports. No, no. We've got the Eskimos home opener. 5.30 is the kickoff show. Extensive uh, uh, coverage leading into that one. And then uh, game time, 7 o'clock. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell. And Blake Dermott will have uh, all the coverage on there. And there's going to be some special guests as well. Damon Allen in the house. Tom Cochran is playing the halftime show. He'll be in the house with the, uh, the anthem. One of the two. Perhaps both. And uh, who else? Fred Stamps is going to be honored tonight as well. So plenty of uh, alumni content if you're interested in that kind of thing. Monday, Bob returns. I'll be gone. I'll be uh, down in Phoenix getting a few rounds of golf in. So we'll hear from uh, Sportsnet's John Shannon. Dayton Abbott, our intern, will take over uh, my typical duties during that stretch. Excellent uh, young presence to have here in the newsroom is young Dayton Abbott. All right, up next, a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodouin, followed by the 6.30 Ched afternoon news with Jalen Nye. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Brendan Escott saying so long from the 6.30 Ched studios.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.